was merely a two-word review. It just said, shit sandwich. Welcome back, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Discologist, coming to you live, almost, from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual, hanging out here uh, in the freezing north, uh, where the beer is amazing, honestly. The beer is quite amazing, the people are friendly, and the music is uh, hot like fire. Going to be talking about some stuff we're doing up here. In some future episodes, uh, but right now, uh, for this one, we're going to keep it nice and tight, nice and quick for you. Casper uh, Combs is an artist who is in our DNA. If you look on our Twitter page, there's a a shot from a, a show he played back in, I want to say, 2014 at the Black Cat, which is a, a lauded club in Washington, D.C. And, um, you know, we have been fans of his work here. Uh, like many of you listening probably for quite a long time, his career is kind of wild. Um, I won't even say it goes stylistically different, but it, it just gets – he goes to some weird places. He's woven himself into the fabric of weird Americana, which you're going to hear us talk about this in a little bit. But um, but the point is he has a new album out. Uh, it's called Tip of the Sphere. And what's great about this and what uh, me and my friend Paul are going to talk about here is that sometime in the past few years – he fell into the Grateful Dead or the orbit of the Grateful Dead survivors, that whole whole crew like Bob Weir and Phil Lesh, um, Neil Casal, you know, is, is sort of tangentially. And, and this is important because another podcast that like I produce as a Chunky Less production is Dead to Me. And, and we're really interested in that and how it affects uh, modern music. And I think Cass is one of the, the, the people who it has affected and we're seeing the effects bear out. Uh, to some kind of remarkable results. So uh, this is, I think, his fifth album on Anti. Uh, he's out there on the, you know, important major label, major-ish labels, and um, and he's going on tour with it, uh, which is great because it's amazing. So uh, we're going to be doing that, and then we're going to be talking, uh, or rather not we're going to be talking, I'm going to be telling you about a little band called Garcia Peoples and uh, playing you a track. I said we would get back to doing some tracks here and there, and that's what we're going to do because this band is rad. In fact, I think our friend Eduardo just saw them up in uh, New York City with Grateful Shred, and uh, and uh, maybe he'll have a report on that at some point down the line. So uh, we're just going to get into it now uh, with a track from Cass McCombs, Tip of the Sphere. This was the first single off this. This is Sleeping Volcanoes. Sleeping Volcanoes under this heathen shambhala. Blow molten shale any minute. Help me, Armageddon. Help me, Armageddon. Help me to be calm. Help me, Armageddon. Help me, Armageddon. And I'll help you with your song. With a refugee. 
It's a little bit of uh, Sleeping Volcanoes from Cass McCombs' new album, Tip of the Sphere. Uh, welcoming to the podcast right now to talk about this is Paul in Portland. How you doing, sir? Doing well. How are um, you in Milwaukee? It is cold. It is cold as balls. It is off. Uh, yeah, it is 17 degrees cold. There's going to be five inches of snow on the ground, and I couldn't be happier. Who knew that Like, it, I was ultimately like destined to live out Skyrim in real life? Uh, you know, we've both been fans of Casman Combs' work for a good while now, uh, and I would not be telling the truth if I said we also both didn't jump on in 2011 with County Line, mm-hmm. uh, uh, partially because that was made out of Andre's part of andre's soul i think <laughs> you know him just singing that acoustic out of <laughs> the cabin <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah i mean it's it's it, a trip. It, it, it 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 struck a a particular key uh for me in hindsight and we're gonna get into this i know what that key was and it was more dead related um but you know he had it looks like four uh at, Albums before that, uh, A, Prefection, Dropping the Writ, and Catacombs, uh, which is the one I immediately went back and visited after uh, Wit's End. Since then, he has done a humorous Big Wheel and others. Mangy Love was in 2016. He has also uh, been – well, he's been seen around Bob Weir's studio, but that led to a thing called the Skiffle Players. They have two albums out. Uh, the one from last year uh, is one of my favorite albums of uh, this century. I mean, I'll, I'll cop to that. Uh Again, we'll get into the dead stuff about that, but this guy is basically um, up until now been an enigma, right? Mm-hmm. Like, pe- like people, people are like, you know, who's Cass McCombs? Mystery. When you see him play, uh, they've got the stage backlit, so you can't see the people in there, and um, and he is sort of trying to live this like Hunter S. Thompson, Jim Morrison, like uh, icon life. Uh, so you never know quite what's going on, but uh, the end result is that like he doesn't he he's he's eventually just made it into the spotlight being that, and so now he's here, and this is his most accessible album. Uh, it is his most immediate album, I think, and it is partially because he recorded it uh, in a really quick session in Brooklyn instead of just doing what he used to do, is going all over the city or all over the country. But I'm not sure. And see if you agree with me or not, like if his focus has really ever changed from those beginning songs. I don't know. I think one of the things that strikes me about this album is kind Mm -hmm. of the lack of focus. Like individual songs are focused, but the album itself seems to Mm -hmm. meander and it's kind of all over the place stylistically. It's the dead influence. Yeah. Yeah, it it is. And, uh, you know, that Sleeping Volcanoes is about the commonality of us all. I think that's the underlying thing of that. And I think that's a lot to do with this album. A lot of people are making this album now in 2016. Um, we're going to be, or we just talked about Bob uh, Mold's Sunshine Rock. Um, and you know, it's uh, 2019. 2019, yes. Yeah, not in Wisconsin. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know... Uh, you know, Sunshine Rock was instead of doing the great, you know, what people have been calling for the punk masterpiece to rage against the times and the machine. Uh, he basically just said, I-, I want you all to feel good. And, and a little bit is about self care. Uh, in Cass McCombs' case, self care is still getting into, uh, a lot of the issues that weirdly he's not a millennial, but are sort of 
that are of concern to a lot of millennials. One of them uh, I want to play a little bit of right now is the t- is the kickoff track of this. It's seven minute song, so we're only going to play a little bit of it. But uh, I followed the Rither South to what? Uh, besides sounding like a good little good little dead track or some dead offshoot track, uh, is really dealing with I think the income inequality. Uh, issue in America right now and worldwide. So let's play a little bit of that and come back and talk a little bit about it. So there's a the, the lyrics are there. If if I had your dollar, I'll show you what I mean. And it progresses, and that ends every verse. It's a, if I had your dollar, I'll show you how to feel. If I had your dollar, I'll take you anywhere. And then you know these are all sort of material things. But if I had your dollar, I'll sing your blues away. Uh, he is outspoken on this issue, uh, amongst other issues. Um, Bradley Manning, he wrote a song about, uh, and it's it's an interesting way to put it, right? I mean, it's you don't. I, I haven't seen it taken seriously in song. Hmm. Yeah. Priest doesn't Be- count. Priest? <laughs> no, no, because priest because <laughs> priest didn't take it seriously. You're just screaming about it. Um, this is an evolution of those ideas because it just starts with like, hey, I'd like your money. Yeah, like, I could do anything with your money, and by the end of it, he's talking about doing something that doesn't require any money. He's just saying, hey, you know, let's let's level it all out. This is. You know, I think why people consider him one of the uh, greatest modern songwriters mm-hmm. um, because these songs play out. Uh, it took me till today, after listening to this for a while, to actually get what that song was about. And and he is one of the few people that you have to almost have a lyric sheet in front of you 
It's, it's as much about the writing as it is the music, and yeah. and this and often more so because the music is often pretty laconic. Yeah, it, it plays at a couple of different levels like that. Like if you're sitting there with a lyric sheet and your headphones, you can really dig into it. Mm-hmm. But almost all of the songs have uh, such a steady groove. You can also right. just kind of zone to it and walk. And that's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's what I've done for most of his albums. It's just like, and then when you go see him live, it's the same thing. It's like, yeah, this is this is pretty groovy. Um, but he's definitely like buried in in these songs, uh, some very uh, deep and actually pertinent stuff to, and some of it's even on a smaller scale. I know we had on a podcast I produced, Dead to Me, we had Neil Casal. Who's one of his bandmates in uh, in the Skiffle Players, and he was talking about when he met Cass McCombs, and it was like him and Jenny Lewis because you know California that's what people do, uh, and uh, hanging out, and it was just like Cass McCombs is just this guy in the corner, and Jenny Lewis and a couple other people were like, no, that guy, that guy is going to be writing the songs, and I think he's still trying to figure out the hit past uh past counting line but i think he's getting closer on this is he really that worried about the hit i mean yeah i think the kind of persona that he cultivates (laughs) seems almost anti-hit yeah yeah i mean he there's a there's a letter that comes with this (laughs) yeah you sent it um, to me. Uh, I, I did. So there's a letter, and and the press release that came with this is exactly what I was talking about that that Jim Morrison vibe and California vibe, and it's it's sort of written from the the perspective of a admitting hospital. It says initial observation: subject was found by Stockton PD ranting at passersby on the corner of the Channel and Sutter, opposite the bus station. Mostly unintelligible, but what was discerned had to do with apocalyptic visions of messianic delusions. In other words, the usual, and it's immediately followed by this this protagonist being um, being medicated with Haldol, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> it's this idea that like he's talking about uh, he's talking about again on this uh, uh, whether it's personal apocalypse or full on apocalypse on these songs um, that he is out there. He's the guy with the. Uh, the, what, what do you call it? The little board that people wear, the sandwich board. <laughs> you know, ye- yelling them, yelling at people through these songs, saying, the end times, they're here. Um, and people are yet to believe him, but they might be coming around. I think that's no more apparent on a song that uh, you sort of were drawn to, the sidewalk bop after suicide. So let's hear a little bit of that, and then uh, we'll come back. These sidewalks through so many years. I got chunks of sidewalk coming out of my ears. Same old sidewalk, same old crowd, same old distorted feeling, same old thundercloud. Stomping the sidewalk, polka dotted with gold. Magic 
this song is i've been trying to figure it out like yeah. it doesn't really sound like anything else on the album or anything mm-hmm. else that i can think of that Cass has done on the previous albums it's a little post velvet lou reed yeah it's got this vibe of like walking around a city at the magic hour kind of observing things and feeling like you're in the particular space of that place at that time, at that moment. But then it is called, you know, post-bop after suicide. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, and like the sights he's seeing are like horrific. You know, the, the, yeah. the, the, the lyrics in there are seen a ton of bad omens, walk through you fighting with your lover, stop, uh, stepped over a few purple bodies and dreamt I was another. That's either seen out of the stand or just L.A. on any given day that ends well, with Y. That, that's the thing, is the imagery is horrific, yeah. but the music isn't. And right, I don't right. feel like the observer is horrified. It, right. it, it's kind of like when you're in that space and it's like, all right, that's happening, but I'm cruising along. Now, is he cruising along because... He just killed himself and it's right. the last few moments or, you know, the transition space. It, even the album artwork uh, kind of gives you that feel of the Tibetan Book of the Dead transition right, right, space right, after right, death right. right there. Right. So right. that might be what we're going through or it could just be a little more mundane than that. Yeah. And, and I think and that sort of gets into like uh, the connection to the dead. I think, um, you know, that was certainly their iconography. Uh, and and what they were concerned with, and you know these moments, so they literally had like drums in space. It was meant to like dissociate and leave your body. This album ends in basically space. There's a, a track called Rounder. It's ten minutes long, and after it gets through a few words, and I think the words are are, are kind of, you know, they they can be there or not. Uh, it just gets into this sort of drone jam. And it's it's a wild way to end uh, Cass McCombs album because it's all you're already if you're invested in it you're already having to like meditate it on a little while, uh, while you're listening to it and this is sort of forcing that it forces mindfulness and you're just sitting there like huh yeah huh what did he really mean by those purple bodies <laughs> what about income inequality uh, and what about that apocalypse man I think yeah it's it's 
And, and that's why I said it's his most accessible uh, album that for me, at least because uh, it makes me, it makes me react eventually. It takes a while, but eventually I have to like say, okay, I really need to know what this is about because this can't just be about these like pleasing, like mid tempo post velvet underground jams. You do have to give it a few listens because I don't, I don't think that that's all apparent from the jump. No. Like if you, if it, if it just came up on a Spotify playlist or you listen to half of it because somebody recommended it, you're not going to dig in like that. Like it's, it's thinking music. Yeah, it is. And it, it is also a little bit, um, the other thing about Casman Combs at this point in his career, he's sort of devoid, for me at least, of uh, identity. Like if you had, if, if, he's he's made this practice, and we've talked about this on other albums. So he's woven himself into the weird Americana fabric pretty deeply, and so he's in there now. If you handed this to me, didn't tell me anything about it, and said this is like a lost like Jim Sullivan album from the early seventies, I'd be like, sure. <laughs> Let's yeah, go. I can see but, that. Yeah, yeah. There's because it feels lived in. It feels, um, it feels way many albums back then, especially the more psychedelic ones. Uh, you know, kind of about nothing, but really about everything, man. <laughs> and uh, and then sometimes uh, uh, taking yourself too seriously with you know bad poetry. Uh, you know, I hope hope Cass doesn't get mad at me saying that, but I mean, you know, sometimes writing is not perfect, and his writing is often hit or miss well and sometimes especially with song lyrics mm -hmm. it depends on the mood that you're in like i, I agree the, the same thing that can sound insipid if you're in a bad mood can be profound if you're in the right space for it yeah 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 there's an artist i don't know if he's worked with her um oh fuck and i just forgot her name i'm gonna have to edit this out uh jessica pratt there's mm -hmm. an artist, Jessica Pratt, who, who has that effect. Like, I can, in the winter, especially now here in Wisconsin, uh, and she has a new album out that we're going to be talking about, I can listen to that, and I'm just like, yes, yes, all of this. And then as soon as it gets sunny outside, I'm just going to be like, uh, I don't even know what this is. I can't relate <laughs> to it at all because they just, um, it, you know, you have to be in the right state. And, uh, and I, I would hate to... I haven't tested this. Let's put it that way. Uh, a, a at least a mildly low level hallucinogenic state for Cass McCombs music, but I would imagine uh, it might play pretty well. So maybe that's you won't be included, but maybe that's an experiment to be conducted down the road. Let uh, me get Andre. I can think here. of uh, at least one person who probably just tell you how that is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Andre. Let's call yeah. him up. Uh, but yeah, so. So I think so. So what do you think? Uh, all said and done, pretty good effort from Cass McCombs, or yeah, is it? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Do you, are you? Is his career interesting anymore, or is it just sort of this guy's chugging along? I respect what he does, and I'll check it out. I'm not overly invested in his career overall. Yeah. But when he puts out new music, I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. I think he's he's built a pretty good legacy. Yeah, he's a guy. He's a guy. You're always gonna like. I, I'm always gonna pick it up. They're not. I mean, they. I I uh, actually was having this discussion with Casey Ray, 
he was talking about whether to pick this up. And I said, here's the thing about this album and any Cass McCombs album is that you might not get it. It might take a long time to dig into it. And I don't mean not get it like it's too deep. Like it's just, that's not, no album is that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you know, it just might not resonate at first. But there's that one time, and like you were saying about the right mood, where you're, you're going to get it. And that's worth 16, 17 bucks to pick it up on. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So, so yeah, maybe go out and get it. Uh, thanks for hanging out, Paul. We will hopefully get you back soon. Uh, if we, when is that Sleater Kenny album coming out? I don't think it's been announced. Okay. They just tweeted out the, uh, picture with Annie Clark. Yeah. But I don't think they yeah. said anything else. Yeah. Well, I, I will put the link to where we fought about the last one in the show notes. And if you think that was bad, audience, get ready because this is going to be, I might, fly, you know what? I might actually fly out to Portland. To fuck you up, brother. Oh heck yeah! Well, let's <laughs> yeah, go. Right. Uh, we'll go see him in Washington. Ooh, ooh, nice. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick break. Come back and finish this out, and uh, see you in a few minutes. McCombs Tip of the Sphere is available everywhere. I just got my copy on vinyl. Uh, it sounds sweet, and uh, I'm going to spend, like I said, a little bit of time with it. Wait for it again, <laughs> if it will. Uh, you know, uh, last thing I'll say, yeah, Cass's stuff can be, um, you got to dig in, but the reward is well worth it. And uh, this this album is no different. Uh, that is almost it for the show. Today, uh, you know where to find us out there on the internet. We're at Chunky Glasses on Twitter and Instagram. We're on Facebook. Um, we're you can listen to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, which is on iTunes. You can listen to us on Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, all all that good stuff. Uh, and this week, though, I'm going to leave you with a song and see how this goes. See how you guys are feeling about it. This is a song from a band that. Grew quite like last year, uh, Garcia Peoples, a bunch of uh, youngish dudes from New Jersey who, uh, look, it's right in the name, man, uh, are feeling this this new uh, Grateful Dead revival a little bit. They're feeling uh, some jams, but they're also feeling on their new album, Natural Facts, out at the end of this month, uh, so, some, uh, some pavement. They're feeling uh, some of that 90s fuzz. This is... Uh, it, it, it's kind of a huge step forward for them from the last album. Uh, and I can tell you, spoiler, that the new album, Natural Facts, is is phenomenal. Uh, they've been touring right now. They're actually on tour with Grateful Shred. Uh, uh, they've been touring around. Uh, they just played D.C. I'm not sure if they're coming to Milwaukee. But they are, uh, from all counts, they put on one hell of a fucking show. So they're a band I can't wait to see. I can't wait for you guys to hear their new album, Natural Facts, and for us to talk about it. But right now, 
to end this thing, we're going to play a little track from it. Uh, the latest single is called High Noon Violence. If you uh, like your music a little looser, if you like pavement, if you like just good goddamn rock and roll, uh, this is the band for you. So I will see you in a few short days. Uh, and uh, until then, be safe, be good, and all that jazz right now. High Noon Violence uh, from Garcia Peoples to take you home. 